Hey, Small Town Fam. How are you doing? Great, I hope. So as we over here at Small Town Dicks prepare for season 11, I wanted to share with you a podcast that I think you're really gonna dig. It's a series called Lords of Soccer, How FIFA Stole the Beautiful Game. It's hosted by veteran foreign correspondent Connor Powell and produced by our own Gary Scott, who produces with us on Small Town Dicks. And maybe you're thinking, well, you know, it's about sports. I'm not really into sports, but I like to think of it as sports is the frame and true crime and international intrigue, along with some shocking history, are the picture. Consider this. Soccer, or football as the rest of the world calls it, is the most popular sport in the world. And FIFA is the tiny group of executives that controls it. So they're bumping along, doing whatever they want to do. And then in 2015, FIFA's top leaders are hit with a criminal indictment, the most sweeping in international history. Lords of Soccer digs deep into the investigation that follows this indictment, and you will not believe what you hear on this podcast. Each revelation is more jaw-dropping than the last. But don't take my word for it. Here's a little clip from episode one called The Inside Man. It's a brisk November evening in the year 2011. An electric scooter rolls slowly across the pink and rose-colored marble lobby of the 58-story Trump Tower in downtown Manhattan. The man on the scooter is Chuck Blazer. He's a rare American on FIFA's executive committee. For nearly 20 years, he's traveled the world by private jet, stayed in five-star hotels, and rubbed elbows with a host of celebrities, sports stars, and world leaders. On this crisp autumn night, Blazer, with a head of hair and beard, as bushy and white as Santa Claus's, is making his way to Uncle Jack's, a posh New York steakhouse on the west side. He's joined by friends, including the woman he's dating, the former soap opera actress, Marilyn Blanks. Because of his weight, which has ballooned to more than 400 pounds, he relies on a mobility scooter for assistance. Like many FIFA executives, Blazer is known in restaurants around the world for spending thousands of dollars on food, alcohol, and pretty much whatever the hell he wanted. In New York, Blazer was known as much for his love of strip clubs as he was for his love of Max, his blue and gold pet parrot. Max was regularly seen around town, sitting on Blazer's shoulder. On this fateful night, Max the parrot was left upstairs in one of Blazer's two, yes, two luxury Trump Tower apartments. Combined, they cost nearly $24,000 a month One of the apartments was just for his cats, who apparently peed a lot, and so were rewarded with a residence of their own. You might be wondering, like I did, how this morbidly obese, clearly eccentric, American sports marketing executive from Queens, New York, ended up on soccer's International Governing Council. You might also ask, how could he afford such luxuries, like two penthouse apartments in downtown Manhattan? The federal agents, one from the Internal Revenue Service and the other from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, had been wondering the same thing. They were waiting for Blazer in the atrium of Trump Tower that very night, 
looking every bit the part of G-men in their conservative business suits. They approached the surprise blazer as he and his friends were leaving the building through its obnoxious gold-awning entrance on East 56th Street. Steve Berryman of the IRS and Jared Randall of the FBI introduced themselves. They told Blazer they were investigating corruption in international soccer and especially at FIFA. Blazer froze. His face turned white. They informed him the IRS couldn't find any records of him paying U.S. taxes for years. Now, meeting outside of the glitzy Trump Tower would have been an awkward place to cry poverty. And anyways, Blazer was too proud of his extravagant life that he had built to pretend it didn't exist. Blazer always knew this day might come. He was always really fundamentally insecure. That's Mary Pappenfuss. She co-wrote the book about Blazer called American Huckster, how Chuck Blazer got rich from and sold out the most powerful cabal in world sports. And he told Mary Lynn that he was afraid people were going to finally find out who he was. And she said, who's that? And he said, just a fat crook from Queens. And I think that was his self-image. He was a fat crook from Queens. He was going to grab whatever he could when he could. Just going to, you know, go to the wall and maybe die before anyone caught him. Berryman handed Blazer a white legal document. The subpoena ordered him to turn over all of his financial records. Blazer was facing at least 30 years in jail just for tax evasion. And more, many more. If the rumors of fraud, money laundering, racketeering that swirled around his time at FIFA were true. That's why the FBI was there. But Randall and the FBI weren't after just Blazer. They had much bigger designs. So they made him an offer he couldn't refuse. It was maybe a 30, 40 minute meeting and they said, we can arrest you right now or you can wear a wire. And he said, I'll wear a wire in a heartbeat. FIFA's extraordinary greed was about to catch up with them. Blazer was just a vulnerable link in a corrupt chain, a pressure point. The FBI and IRS could use to expose the wider fraud they had suspected for years, for decades. The rules of the game had been rigged by FIFA, for FIFA. Maybe it was inevitable given the organization's history of playing footsie with murderous dictators and shady oligarchs. So let me take you back to the beginning of 2011, when it all really began to unravel for Blazer and ultimately for FIFA itself. It started when Blazer's longtime soccer partner, Jack Warner, was caught with envelopes full of cash trying to buy FIFA's presidential election. They passed out $40,000 bribes in cash to 25 members of the Caribbean Football Union. One of the officials from the Bahamas who was in the room with Warner had called Blazer to tell him about the bribes. What no one knew at the time, but we know now, was part of the two-day meeting in Port of Spain, was filmed. The audio, it isn't great, but if you could see the grainy video, you'd see a nondescript conference room in Trinidad's Hyatt Regency Hotel with about two dozen Caribbean soccer officials sitting behind long rows of tables, each one with a small bottle of water and a clear drinking glass at their side. We do have the audio, 
you can hear Jack Warner on tape brazenly urging his fellow Caribbean soccer officials to accept the, quote, gift for Mohammed bin Hammam. The gift you get is for you to determine how best you want to use it. And if you ever wondered what it might sound like if ethics and integrity were blatantly mocked in the act of bribery, well, Warner happily provided a script telling anyone who considered returning the money because of ethical concerns to go open a church. I know there are, there are some people here who believe they're more pious than thou. If you're pious, open a church, friends. If you're pious, open a church, friends. No one would accuse Blazer of being pious. And yet he was beside himself after hearing about the bribes and the envelopes stuffed with cash. His longtime partner in crime had crossed soccer's godfather, the most powerful man in world sport, Sepp Blatter. Chuck Blazer and Jack Warner were now on opposite sides of the battle for control of FIFA. What I tell you, small town fam, this podcast has it all. Corruption, greed, hubris, and sports. You can subscribe to Lords of Soccer wherever you get your podcasts. So what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing and subscribe today. Do it.